Isn't it true that when we get angry, we get frustrated, it's like all common sense about ourselves goes out the window and all we do is point the finger at them. Don't act like y'all never done it. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. All right, yeah, let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for every person that's here. Lord, I don't know what's going on in everybody's life today, but uh, Lord, would you just help us to center in and just focus on your spirit and your presence And would you help us just to focus in on your voice today? Lord, we believe that you desire to speak loud and clear. Lord, we believe that you desire to walk with us in an intimate way. And so, Lord, today we just turn our hearts and we turn our minds, God, to heaven. And, Lord, we just receive from you today. And uh, so, Lord, we just position ourselves to hear. And, uh, Lord, we pray that you would do only what you do. That's change our lives. Lord, we know you don't disappoint. So we just thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, listen, last week, uh, last weekend, Jennifer and I, uh, we went to a marriage conference up in Bangor at the Rock Church. Let me maybe make something really clear. Uh, we didn't go because our marriage is falling apart. We didn't go because, you, you know, she's about ready to murder me or anything like that. We don't have any serious issues. But, but we, met, we went basically just because we're like you. Listen, we love each other. We're committed to each other. And we want to grow. Amen. So um, here's why I bring that up. While we were there, uh, we heard some really good practical, beneficial, or, uh, you know, just, just stuff that was helpful, I said it that way. And uh, we thought that, man, you guys would probably appreciate it if you had the opportunity to hear it too. And so what I've done today is I've kind of taken some things that we learned from the other day, and I've just kind of tweaked it to kind of fit me and to fit us. So I just encourage you maybe, uh, just open up your hearts, hope it'll help you. Now, uh, let me say one more thing before we hop in. If, if you are here today and you're not currently in a relationship, if you're not married, if you're not dating, I just want to say this, because I know when I, when I was there years ago, it'd be really easy when you hear a message like this just to check out. And uh, so don't get disappointed. Don't get discouraged. You know, what we're talking about today, I'll just say it this way. These, these truths travel, okay? So it doesn't matter if you're in a relationship, you know, um, a romantic relationship or not, uh, these things can, can be applicable to any relationship. So just open up your heart and, uh, and just ask Jesus to talk to you. Amen? All right, so, so as we dive in, for foundational sakes, uh, and you probably heard this before, but uh, at the core of every woman, she has a desire to be what? Loved. Somebody say loved. Listen, at the core of every man, he has a desire to be respected, okay? And uh, listen, while, you know, God has really used this guy, I'm kind of showing this case you're a married couple, God has really used this guy, Dr. Emerson, to put this teaching on the map. It didn't originate with him, it actually originated with the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians, and I actually want to read this verse to you. It's uh, verse 33, it says this, it's Paul talking to married believers. He says, so again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. It doesn't get much clearer than that, does it? Now listen, wave your hand at me if you know that it doesn't take rocket science to know that when a man doesn't love a woman or when a woman doesn't respect her husband, then conflict occurs. Pretty simple, right? So, um, you know, are those, the, are those the only things that have the potential of causing conflict uh, in our marriage? Absolutely not. So, 
I, you know, I'll just say this. Conflict occurs when, a, when couples have different views on parenting, when they have different views on how to manage money, different views on communication, different views on work, family time, and even sexual intimacy, right? You know, if that isn't enough, it's like throwing the fact that most of us, when we're married, uh, you know, we're raised differently. Therefore, we hold different values and we interpret things differently. It's like this. If we, if we went around the room, every person here has a, a different filter of how they process information, right? And, and more often than not, the way a husband processes information is much different than the way his wife processes information as well. And if that isn't enough, right, we're still growing. And guess what? We all still make mistakes. Maybe if I could just say it this way, and I think we'd all agree, especially if you've been married more than a week, that uh, <laughs> conflict is a whole lot easier to cause than it is to resolve. Amen? Man, it is so easy to cause some conflict, right? So anyways, that might be the understatement of the day. So anyways, listen, if it's true, and I believe it is, that conflict is inescapable in a marriage, then that means you and I have a choice when conflict arises. It actually means this. When conflict occurs, we can either fight for resolution or we can fight to be right. We can either fight for resolution or we can fight to be right. And I want to just say, man, how often have we blown it on that one? Are y'all with me today? Yes. Y'all tightened up. I said marriage and it went... <laughs> Man, not gonna hurt anybody today. All right, here we go. Listen, it's been said. It's been said this. I thought this was really good. That healthy couples fight for resolution, and unhealthy couples fight to win. Healthy couples fight for resolution. Unhealthy couples fight to win. I want you to think about a verse today. Jesus, uh, I believe Jesus actually warned us with something in uh, Mark chapter three. I'm going to read this to you. It says this. Similarly. A family splintered or family divided by feuding will fall apart. A family splintered by feuding will fall apart. Boy, that's an accurate statement. So listen, I, I also want to sit here today and I'm just, you know, just thinking, man, how many people are sitting here and you'd go, well, pastor, you know, we really don't argue. You know, we, we don't argue. We've been married, you know, whatever, 20 years. We haven't had an argument yet uh, before the rest of us get jealous. Um, <laughs> You know, I just want to pause and maybe make something really clear. Silent treatment and the passive approach that wants to act like, you know, there's nothing wrong. Let's just sweep everything up under the rug. I want you to know that, man, that's just as unhealthy as screaming and hollering and cussing each other out. And the reason is, they all, you know, one's here and the other one's here. And the reason both are unhealthy is because the issues never get resolved. You know, in fact, our good friends that pastor the Rock Church, you know, he actually said this. He said, my... My parents never argued, but yet after 35 years, they got divorced. Now, why did they get divorced? Because this is my words, not his. It's because they refused to confront the pink elephants that were obviously in the room. Right? Yes, listen, it it is impossible. Uh, A man is much different than a woman. Yes? It doesn't matter if you say uh, Mars and Venus, waffles and spaghetti. However, you know, all these ways they want to compare us. At the end of the day, man, we're just different. And guess what? Conflict happens when there's difference, right? So, you know, I believe that, you know, listen, we're, we're here. We love Jesus. We're doing our best to honor God with our lives. And, and when you're doing best to honor God with your lives, you know, the last thing you want to do is have an unhealthy marriage. You know, nobody wakes up and goes, man, I just hope I can ruin my marriage today. 
You, you know, so uh, I just want to maybe remind you and, and encourage you with this statement. And if anything, just to hopefully put some fresh wind in your cells. But, but Dr. Emerson, uh, he said this. He said, the difference between successful couples and unsuccessful couples is that the successful ones keep getting up and keep dealing with the issues. They don't give up. Amen. So, you know, when I read that statement the other day, it reminded me of this verse. Uh, it says this in Proverbs twenty four sixteen. It says, a righteous man, if we take some liberty here and say a righteous couple falls seven times, times about 400, and they rise again. Amen? So, in other words, it says, healthy couples understand this, that, that nobody can love perfectly, and nobody can respect perfectly. Therefore, when conflict arises, why don't we what? Not give up. Let's hang in there and let's keep fighting for one another and let's try to improve. Amen? So that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about how to resolve conflict in your marriage in a healthy way. And uh, if you're taking notes, we're simply titling this. My, my wife titled it, so she's, she helps me out, to fight right. To fight right. Because there's definitely a way to fight wrong. Amen? Amen. You go for the throat. Anyways, so... So I'm kind of maybe throw a curveball at you. There's this verse that's been messing with me like all week. Okay, it's like I it just I can't I can't get away from it. But but I believe, and this is my opinion, that the number one cause of conflict in marriage uh, in our marriages occurs when we don't heed Jesus' words in Matthew chapter seven. I want to I want to read this, and hopefully Jesus will help me uh, help it land for you today. It says this says Why would you focus on the flaw in someone else's life? And yet fail to notice the glaring flaws of your own. Notice the first one's singular, the last one's plural. It says, how could you say to your friend, in this case your spouse, let me show you where you're wrong. Man, we've done that. When you're guilty of even more, it says you're being hypocritical and a hypocrite. First acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them. And then you'll be capable of dealing with the blind spot of your friend or your spouse. Or as most of us know this verse, man, when you, when you see the, uh, when, you know, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, right? But you fail to see the beam of wood or the plank that's hanging out your own eye, right? So again, okay, just listen to me. Don't get mad at me. I believe the number one cause of conflict in our marriages boils down to this. It boils down to those times when we lack, as men and women, the necessary self-awareness and honest evaluation of ourselves so we end up focusing on and pointing out in our moments of frustration what we perceive to be our spouse's what? Issues, shortcomings, weaknesses, flaws, and mistakes. Is that not true? Isn't it true that when we get angry, we get frustrated, it's like all common sense about ourselves goes out the window and all we do is point the finger at them. Don't act like y'all have never done it. So think about this for a moment. Man, man, this is so real. How many times have we blamed our spouse for being the reason we're not happy? First of all, let me pause right there for a second. Your happiness is not based off your spouse. Your happiness and your joy originates from your salvation with the Lord. Amen. And if we are looking to our spouse to be everything that fulfills us, we're looking in the wrong direction. Now, I'm not saying that it's your, it's your spouse's job to make your life miserable, okay? So there's a balance. But listen, ultimately, it's from the Lord, okay? Let me maybe, let me maybe stop here. Everybody, everybody look at me, please. True happiness comes when I know my identity in Jesus, right? And I am confident and secure in him, and I know I'm loved by him first. If I don't know that I'm loved by him first, it doesn't matter. If Prince Charming walks through the door, I'll never feel loved, 
Amen? Amen. Good preaching. All right, so listen. So, so how many times, once again, have we blamed our spouse for being the reason we're not happy or for being the reason we're not getting what we want or for the reason we aren't getting where we want? Man, how many couples have I counseled with and heard they said, man, my wife or my husband is just holding me back? Wrong. Right? Listen, how many times have we, out of anger and frustration, once again, uh, pointed the proverbial finger of accusation at our spouse as if they were our enemy, but failed to have enough wisdom and maturity to look within our own hearts to take ownership of what's not working in our lives and not working in our marriages? Yes? Man, we're all guilty of that. Right? Once again, it's a whole lot easier to blame our spouse than it is to admit what? That, that we are failing at loving them. It's easier to blame them than it is to admit that we are failing at respecting them. Am I, am I with you guys today? I, I learned something about myself two weeks ago. I learned really why I don't like to confront issues in my own heart. It doesn't matter if it's with my wife, with my children, uh, with my role here in the church. The reason I hate to confront issues in my own heart is because I have to admit that I'm failing. And what man and what woman wants to admit that they are failing? Maybe you do. <laughs> but I do not, right? I do not. So watch this. So, so rather than um, saying that powerful word, sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me for whatever I did. We made the decision to, to do what? And I've done it a thousand times if I've done it once. To, to get defensive and to figure out some way how I can turn it on them. Right? Because we all know that works so great. <laughs> Isn't that true? Somebody tries to confront us, it doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter if they did it in the sweetest way. Mary Poppins, right? A little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down. Right? If they try to do it, you know, in the nicest way, we, once again, if you're insecure and you don't love, you don't know your identity and your worth in Jesus and you don't know your love, then automatically you're going to get defensive and insecure and you're going to come firing back out the corner blasting. Right? So let me give you a personal example of this, okay? I remember when I was growing up, as I told you guys many times before, my parents divorced when I was a month old, okay? So I've never known what it's like to have my parents live in the same house, but I've seen enough interaction between them to learn a lot, okay? So anyways, I'll just say this. I remember growing up, and I remember times where uh, I'd be sitting in my living room. It was typically at night when my mom was off work, my dad was off work, obviously living in different houses. I'm sitting there watching TV, minding my own business, watching the Cosby show or something, right? And, uh, and out of nowhere from the, the back end of our house, I hear my mom's voice start elevating, and she just starts screaming, right? And she starts accusing, and she starts cussing out some poor soul, <laughs> on the other end of that, right? Called him every dirty name in the book, right? And uh, I mean, when, when my mom went there, it got really ugly, and it got ugly fast. I don't know if you grew up in a house like that. Hopefully you didn't, okay? Um, but when that happened, I may have not known what my mom was hollering about. I didn't know the details, but I did know one thing. My mom's on the phone with my dad. It was clear. I knew it, right? And so, listen, on the flip side, I lived with my mom, but when there was a few times when I would be at my dad's house on the weekend, and, and my dad would get on the phone, and his house was much smaller. Uh, that tends to happen when you're paying child support. But anyways, but it's, uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but anyways, it's, <laughs> so, it, it, anyway, so it was, uh, anyways, much smaller house, and, and out of nowhere, you know, I'd hear, I'd hear this lady's voice on the other end of the line go from calm to ch- 
start elevating. And, and then my dad, as, as people typically do, when someone else's voice elevates, we feel like we got to get higher to dominate. Right? And so he'd get higher and he'd start saying some choice words. You, you know, once again, and he got a little louder and louder and louder and whatever, screaming and cussing. And um, once again, when that happened, I just knew one thing. Oh, he's on the phone with my mom. Right? And, and you know, for, for some reason, it's like, and maybe said it this way, in my 41 years, I've never witnessed my dad talking to anybody else like that, ever, right? And uh, for some reason, when my mom and my dad had a reason to talk about whatever's on their mind, it was like, man, things escalated quickly, and it was like two, you know, whatever, competing, exploding volcanoes in action, right? You know, as a kid, I, I, once again, I don't remember all the details of their arguments, and, but I remember feeling this, and I'm saying this, take note of this if you got kids, I just remember the feeling of being so disappointed that, at least in my little kid mind, I was like, man, my parents hate each other, right? And I couldn't figure it out for the life of me of why they hated each other because I thought in my little kid mind, uh, didn't y'all used to love each other, right? And, uh, you know, I, I say that not to go in, a, in, go in a hole, but just to prove a point, fast forward to today, I don't know about... 10, 15 years ago, both of them gave their life to Jesus. Everything's different now. They can actually sit in the same room and they can talk and be normal. Jesus will do that for you, right? And so, but, but the point I want to make is this, is kind of set all that to get here, is out of all of those years and all those knockdown, drag-out fights, my mom had one with my stepdad too. My dad didn't do it a whole lot with my stepmom, but, but I lived with my mom, and my mom's a pretty fiery lady, and so it happened often. But, but you, you know what? I, I never heard anyone say this calmly. You know what? I've listened to what you've had to say and understand why you may feel that way. Right? So I want you to know that I can see where I was wrong. Would you please forgive me? What can I do to help us resolve this conflict, in my parents' case, for our children's sake? Never happened. Right? And I don't know if that happens in your house. Sometimes it happens in my house. But, but listen, so often my parents, man, they were, they were so busy... Um, trying to resolve conflict in the wrong way, it never worked. It never worked. Are y'all, are y'all with me today? And, and what I saw was, is this, maybe this is the best point I'm going to make, is, is this, is that because they never resolved conflict in a healthy way or a right way and nothing ever got solved, uh, guess what happened? As the Bible says in Hebrews, a root of bitterness began to grow. And now my mom, every time she opened her mouth about my dad, it wasn't positive. Every time my dad opened you know, his mouth, it wasn't positive. And if we ever messed up as children, what was it? You're just like your dad. You're just like your mom. It's always great being in the middle, right? And so, but, but here's, here's the thought for you, okay? When we don't, and they said this the other day, but man, when we, if you take um, conflict and you, and you make it like a, an, oak, an oak tree, like seed, whatever, right? And that thing's planted and you don't deal with it and it grows for a month. Uh, after a month, it's probably pretty easy to pull up. Right? If we went outside and we grabbed a little sapling, it, we could yank it up. But you, you let a root of bitterness grow over 30 years, it's going to be a whole lot harder to get that thing up out the ground. Yeah. Yep. And so, it's, and so if we can maybe grab a hold of anything today, it's, man, it would probably be pretty healthy if we don't let stuff remain, if we deal with it when it comes up. Yeah. Right? And so, all right, so let's talk about uh, three wrongs. And resolving conflict. Three wrongs in resolving conflict. I'm going to give you a bonus before we go in here. Jen and I heard this about a year and a half ago, and I thought it was great. Sometimes we abide by it. 
But, but it's this. Everybody look at me. The first rule of engagement here is, is everybody look. If you're taking notes, write this down. Uh, don't look at me like you're scared. It's awesome. Uh, write down HALT. H-A-L-T. H-A-L-T. And you don't fight when these four things are going on. HALT. When you are hungry. When you are angry. When you are lonely. And when you are tired. If you are hungry, angry, lonely, tired, it's probably not going to go well. Less of you are writing that down that needs to be writing it down. Okay? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. For some reason, I won't say who, but in my house, when we want to talk, discuss something, it's typically about 1 o'clock in the morning. Don't do it. Because it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. Here we go. All right, three wrongs. Number one, this is, this is uh, I think, what we do wrong when we don't see the beam or the wood or the plank in our own eye. Number one is we actually fight the wrong enemy. We fight the wrong enemy. Simple truth is, is guys, we got to remember in times of conflict that our spouse, that one that we vowed to love, to cherish, to support, is not our enemy. But isn't it amazing how we, man, it's like, Right, man, you can, you can go from uh, emotions of love to let's fight pretty quick, right? Look at Ephesians 6. Here we go. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood. Look at there. It took your wife right out of the equation. <laughs> took your husband right out of the equation. Look, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So watch this. Even in the midst of conflict, we've got to have enough spiritual maturity about us to understand that the real enemy is the devil, not our spouse. Yes, because he's the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Number two, when we don't, once again, heed Jesus' words, what do we do? We're, we're typically led by wrong motives. We're typically led by wrong motives. Uh, listen, if we won't admit it or not, we all have selfish motives in this room. Right? And those selfish motives uh, cause conflict but they not only cause conflict, but they also hinder us from resolving conflict. Right? Everybody look at me. Because we like our wrong motives so much, we don't like to let them go in an argument. I have found personally that you want to hold on to them tighter. Right? And you want to put the stake in the ground and you don't want to move. But, but listen, let me say this. Getting everything we want and getting everything we desire versus what? Resolving conflict. Those two don't mix too well. If you're dead set, I got to have this, you're not going to resolve anything. Amen? Amen. Listen to this verse in James 4, verse 1 through 3. It's Passion Translation. It says, what is the cause of your conflicts and quarrelings with each other? Great question. Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and to fulfill your own desires? Y'all smile at me, please. Listen, it, once again, it's because we get selfish, right? And it says, and all the time you don't obtain, let me back up, verse 2, sorry. You scheme to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight. And all the time you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. And if you ask, you won't receive it for you're asking with corrupt motives, seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. Everybody, please look here. If we want resolution, right, then we're going to have to lay down our selfishness. We're going to have to lay down our selfish desires, and we're going to have to be willing to compromise. Are y'all hearing me? 
If you want a healthy marriage, you've got to be able to compromise. And that's hard. Especially, look, look, me and this lovely lady right here, man, we are two bulls in a china shop. And we are two strong leaders, hard-headed people. And, uh, you know, we never get anywhere in an argument unless both of us are willing to compromise. Where we, when we have uh, uh, theological debates... Um, when, when it doesn't turn out well is when one of us refused to compromise, right? And, and, and when you decide to be hard-headed and just go, I refuse to bend, man, that is, that is arrogance and pride to the fullest. Yes? Yes, and it's not healthy, right? Sometimes you got to choose what you love more. Number three, when we don't do it Jesus' way, once again, Matthew 7, we use wrong tactics. Wrong tactics. Um, I'll just ask it this way. How many of you guys know that we, when we choose to use careless, negative, and sarcastic words in the middle of a conflict, it's probably not the best tactics to resolve conflict? Let me stress one word in there. Sarcastic. Sarcastic, right? Uh, negative, right? Careless. Anyways, um, how many of you guys know that taking cheap shots, belittling one another, Uh, asking angry questions, demanding our own way, and using our emotions to manipulate our spouse. (laughs) It's probably not the best tactics. Can I tell you all what's so funny right now? (laughs) Come here. This is so great. I don't know if you Anyway, so let's act like we're sitting, right? No, that's fine. Here's what you guys look like right now. You know it's hitting home, and you're like, It's so funny because some of you guys are like so afraid right now to look at your spouse and admit, that's us. <laughs> Anyways, it's, ah. she slaps him around sometimes. Y'all saw that, right? She just tried to take my legs out from under me. All right, here we go. First Corinthians 6. First Corinthians 6. It says, this is a credible verse to me. Don't you realize that we will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life. Wow. Wow. Listen, God is saying that one day when this thing gets wrapped up, we're going to judge angels. And if we, if we are qualified in the spirit to do that, shouldn't we be able to work out a little ordinary argument between the two of us because somebody left the toilet seat up, because somebody didn't put the cap on the toothpaste? Well, right? Am I making sense? Listen, it's, uh, it's, what, it's what we do. It's what we do. Anyways, so listen, I should do this with you maybe today, but then, then we might have practiced all this in front of you. It wouldn't have been good. Anyway, so li- li- listen, what, what do we want more, okay? Do, do we want to be right or do we want to have peace? Do we want to win? I want to win, right? Or do we... Go watch the movie. Or do we want to win or do we want to have unity? Yes? All right, so again, I said earlier, but healthy couples fight for resolution. Unhealthy couples fight to win. All right, so let's, let's talk real quick about three musts when it comes to fighting right. Three musts. We've got to do this when fighting right, okay? So, interesting verse here. I think we can actually learn a lot about uh, 
Once again, the rules of engagement, however you want to learn how to fight right through this verse. James 1, 19. If you don't hear anything I said today, remember this verse. John 1, 19 through 20. It says this. My dearest brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Be quick to listen, but slow to speak, and be slow to become angry. For human anger, notice human anger, not righteous, but human anger, is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. All right, so number one here, the first must. We must stop and listen. Be quick to listen. We must stop and listen. Listen to this verse. This will gut you pretty good. Proverbs 18.2. It says, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Ouch. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinion. In other words, here's, here's kind of the key here. And I don't do so well at this. I'm trying. I'm learning. Stop talking. Watch this. Stop thinking about your rebuttal. Right? Let me maybe stop there and I'll repeat it. But so often when our spouse is trying to express their heart, ladies, you're not the only one that tries to express your heart. Men do too. Okay? And, and, and if you, and if you uh, hear the first, you know, half of the sentence, do you automatically, like, go into selective hearing mode? Right? And it's kind of, kind of in the back because you're trying to figure out how you're going to defend yourself. You're missing a point. And we've all done it. Right? Either that or I'm just a really messed up individual. All right, here we go. (laughs) So stop talking. Stop thinking about our rebuttal. Stop being insecure and defensive. And truly listen to what your spouse is saying. Watch this. Hear their heart. Hear their struggles. Hear their desires. Watch this. Here's the key part. Man, this is hard. But it's right. Once we've heard what they have said, right, Actually, repeat back to them, this is what I hear you saying. I'm going to tell you what happens in my house. I tend to go, she expresses her feelings. Us guys are scared of that word, right? She expresses her feelings. And what happens is I tend to get my rebuttal going on. And then there's times I try to repeat back what she said, and I'm never right. (laughs) You're not hearing me. (laughs) Right? That's hard, but, but at least, and I hope, I hope I'm right with this, okay, that at least if I try to do those steps and I try to give an honest, hey, here's what I think you're saying, hopefully they'll think, I, you know, we're of goodwill and we're trying, yeah. right? Okay, we're trying and we do care, all right? Here we go. All right, number two, we must guard our words. We must guard our words. Be slow to speak. The truth is, and what makes this so, so difficult is this, and, uh, you know, if we took a survey around the room and we asked, uh, you know, how many of you guys talk to other people the way you talk to your wife or your husband? More than likely, the answer is no, because you'd get punched in the mouth. <laughs> right? And, uh, and part of that is uh, because we, we get so comfortable with each other, right? We, we tend to let our guard down, but we really need to guard our words. It's almost, you know, truth is, is if we're going to cherish somebody, it should be them. Right? Listen to this verse, Proverbs 21, 23. says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. And the fellow said, amen. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. All right, let me give you a key here. So before we uh, speak, we need to ask ourselves two questions, men and women. Here we go. We need to ask ourselves two questions. 
Does this need to be said? That's a great question, right? If so, should I say it now? We struggle with that. That's called patience. We just struggle with that thing. We think so, we see something, we want to call it out. Uh, let, me maybe, let me maybe stop right here, okay, and say one thing. And this is difficult. And ladies, I'm going to beg you to help us, okay? Right there, a lot of times when we must guard our words, where us guys get in trouble is this, is when we hear whatever your complaint is, we want to fix it, right? Because that's the way God wired us. That's exactly what I'm thinking. We should have showed it. Um, anyways, so it would help. Watch this. Let me, let me, let me can I get real with y'all? So y'all say, we, y'all pour out your heart and we go in fix it mode. I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to hear me. <laughs> All right, so the next time, they, they, no, the next time you guys go, and we go to this. <laughs> you don't care <laughs> because, because then we don't give any opinions. So do us a favor, say, say this. Um, I have some things I'm struggling with, and I would like for you to give me some input. Yes, right? Or say, you know, I, I need to get some things off my, off my chest, right? And, and I, don't, I don't really want you to say anything. I just want you to hear me. Oh, my. <laughs> things would go so much better. Right there. Simple communication, right? Y'all blame us. There we go. Anyway, sorry. Right, here we go. All right, so extra tips for healthy conflict. All right, here we go. Never call names. Right? You jerk. I hate that one, right? Or you act just like your mother. <laughs> Woo! That don't go well either. All right, here we go. So never say always or never, even though we're saying never here a bunch. Never say always or never. You always leave the toilet seat down. By the way, we don't have that issue in my house. I don't know why I keep going with that. I always put it, I always put it down. <laughs> it's my boys that don't. Anyways, here okay, or, you know, you never do this, right? Don't, don't use that. The, re- the reason you don't use those words is because of this, because it comes from a spirit of judgment. You know, the Bible says don't judge. Obviously, we, we talked about that the other night, small group a bit, but, but the judgment really means this. When, the only judgment he doesn't allow us to do is when we say someone will never change, right? They will always be this way. That's the only judgment in the Bible that he says don't do that. Here we go. Never raise your voice. I'm just going to move on. All right, here we go. Uh, never, never threaten divorce. I, you know, just help. Let me remind you guys. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you went to the justice of the peace or if a, a, a priest marriage or a pastor marriage or your, your, your cousin twice removed marriage or whatever. It, you made a covenant before God. All right. And so, listen, in that covenant, that was a covenant for life. Yes. Now listen, if you've been divorcing here, it doesn't mean that you've committed the, the, you know, the sin of whatever uh, that, that can't be forgiven, the unpardonable sin, right? It does mean God, God can restore, God can do all those things. But, but wherever you're at now, man, don't do it. Don't bring the D word up, right? Here we go, next one. And this is more for the ladies. I'm going to get in trouble for saying that one. But, but never get historical. Guys, we put it in a box, we forget about it. But, but listen, the reason I say this is this. Because so often we get in, we get in spats, Right? And, and it's about whatever this, right? We're fighting over this. 
And then three minutes in, that's been brought up, that's been brought up, that, 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 that. We done, we're done 20 years ago. <laughs> Don't get historical. Keep the main thing the main thing or you'll never get anything resolved. Amen. All right, here we go. Next one, never use the Bible as a weapon. I don't mean don't throw the Bible. I mean, so um, pick a pot or pan for that, right? Anyways, but, but don't throw the Word of God. Anyways, but, but uh, you know, it's this. Don't get all self-righteous and try to, try to prove your point by using the Scripture. Right? That's not what it's intended for. Yes? It's good to rally around. It's good to have unity in it. It's good to say, hey, what's the heart of God on this? But, but don't use it to prove your point. Number three, here we go. Number three, we must manage our anger, or I can say it this way, we must manage our emotions. Slow, be slow to become angry. Listen to Ephesians 4. It says, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let your anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not even for a day or not for even a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. So, most of us know that translation, uh, that verse in this translation, don't let the sun go down on your anger. All right? And, and so, you know, I think, you know, that's no problem in my house because we fight at 1 o'clock in the morning. But uh, it's already down. Uh, it'd be more or less don't let the sun rise on your anyways. But, but, but I think it's this, and this is what they talked about the other day. Is and I don't really know how you do this, but I'm gonna tell y'all. Maybe y'all figure it out. Y'all pray for me and let me know. All right, here we go. So, so if you're having a if you're having a, a heated discussion, you know, most of the time it's not going to get resolved right there. Some people, let me say it this way. Uh, I'm more of an extrovert. She's and I keep blocking her on the screen here. She, she's she's an introvert, and and so me, I tend to let me say it. I'm done. She wants to go meddle on that thing for a week. Right? And then figure out what she wants to say. Nothing's wrong with that. It's just the way we're wired. Okay? And, and so, you know, I'm going to outward process, and she's going to internally process things until she comes to a solution. And, uh, and then she'll bring it back to me, and I've already forgotten it. <laughs> True. And then we have to kind of rehash it. Right? But, but so the thing is this, is in those moments, I think it's okay to go, you know, we're not maybe going to agree on this. And I'm going to give you a bit of wisdom because this has helped us. There's times where we've just went, okay, uh, we maybe don't agree, but let's pray. And, man, that's hard. You want to find out how much your flesh rules you? Pray when you're upset, right, or when you have a disagreement. But pray. But how many of us actually pray together and actually invite the Holy Ghost to come and to begin to bring unity and resolve things? And most of the time, I'll say this, and you can keep shaking your head, okay? And if do like this if you don't agree, right? But, but, but it's like this, that most of the time when we at least do that, we're good, right? And we may not came to some great scientific solution, but guess what happened? We, we're now in the same spirit, so it's okay. All right? Here we go. So a little key here, okay? Remember, once again, our spouse isn't our enemy, but they're our, our gift from God, right? And so we need to do our best to do this, to um, allow our love, hopefully, to supersede our frustration, to supersede our disappointment, supersede our feelings of injustice that we might be experiencing at that moment, right? So, once again, let me just say this, and, and now I'll close this, and we'll, and we'll close. But, but something that might help, everybody look at me, please, okay? Elbow your neighbor if you need to wake them up, all right? So, it, it's, it's this. 
what I have learned is this, is that if we work on our marriage, when we're not in conflict, it makes conflict a whole lot easier. Right? And, and, so, and so find the time, right? Like, like, like I'll give you, I don't know why it's kind of my mind, but, but we came home from, Tommy and I came back from North Haven Thursday afternoon, and I'm like, man, I got to get sermon prep. I got to hit the ground running. And I went to go do that, and actually, uh, uh, we set a hammock up outside, and I was sitting in a hammock, and I knew I had to take kids to soccer practice and all that stuff. And, and so I'm like, okay, I, I got to get to work. And I got out there with all my stuff, and I just felt like the Lord was like, you need to put this down, you need to go be with your wife. So I went and I put that, put that down. Thank the Lord we got a double nester Eno. So, uh, thank you. And, and so, it's my daughter's. She bought it. And so, uh, so, anyways, I said, hey, would you like to come sit in the hammock with me? Well, I just made her day. Right? And then we got to sit there. We sit there for like an hour and a half, shoulder to shoulder, and just talked and laughed and had fun. Well, if we get more of those times, other than running like crazy with four kids, right, then we'll probably do a lot better when conflict occurs. Just free thought. Once again, healthy couples fight for resolution. Unhealthy couples fight to win. The win. (laughs) All right, so let me say this. What if you're here today and your spouse isn't playing by the same rules? Okay? What if you're here and your spouse isn't playing by the same rules? Uh, I'm just going to say this. It's your responsibility to control yourself. Your spouse has the ability to affect you, but your spouse doesn't control you. It's your responsibility to have the heart of God and to demonstrate a, you know, I'll just say this, uh, you know, godly, have godly thoughts, have godly words, have godly actions, godly motives. And guess what? If you keep living the deal, um, it'll set an example for those people, for the other person, right? And hopefully they'll go there too. If you can, just uh, stand to your feet, please. I want to kind of close with this today. Um, can just kind of close your eyes. I want, to, I want to circle the wagons, and I want to go all the way back to the top there in Matthew chapter 7. I want you to notice something. Just with your eyes closed, if you're married, it'd be pretty awesome to hold your spouse's hand at this moment. I want you to notice something. In that portion of Scripture, Jesus never said that the other person, your spouse in this case, doesn't have flaws. Listen, he knows they have flaws. Okay, just let me say it better than you do. Okay, watch this. Nor did he say that you couldn't confront the things that make you feel unsettled because we're not supposed to be doormats and we're not supposed to be victims. Uh, You know, we have room to confront things in our marriage so we can improve. But watch this. But he did say that if you and I want to help resolve those issues, that we must first take an honest evaluation of ourselves take an evaluation of our thoughts, our words, our actions, our motives. And if we can get that stuff right, then guess what? Then, then we'll have the right heart out of gentleness and out of love to be able to approach our spouse to help them grow. So I simply want to end today by praying uh, a verse that we find in uh, the book of Psalms where David actually says, God, search me and know me. God, if there's any wicked way within me, Lord, let me see it. And I'm saying that simply this, that whatever you need to own today, whatever you need to take, uh, you know, ownership of and take uh, 
responsibility for in your own marriage so you guys can have a better marriage. Maybe it's to love your wife more. If it's a wife, maybe to respect him more. And, you know, that's not based off of if they deserve it or not. Bottom line, Jesus told you to do it. Amen? So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for just the principles and truths, God, from your word. Lord, it's your heart and your desire that we would have great marriages that resemble you, that show you. So, Lord, we're asking today, God, just as, as, just as men, God, would you help us to love our wives? And, Lord, we're even asking for those guys that aren't here today and their wives are here. Lord, would you help them to love their wives? God, would you help them to uh, cherish them as your word says? Would you help them to, to love them as Christ loves the church? Lord, that's a, a tall order, but, Lord, we believe by your spirit we can do it. And so, Father, would you help us today just to make sure our own thoughts and our own uh, you know, actions, our own words, and our own motives are pure before you. So, Lord, thank you for just by the Holy Spirit, just helping a, uh, just a self-evaluation, almost like if you would just scan us and show us, uh, Lord, what we need to tweak. And, Father, I'm asking for the ladies in the house today that, God, that you would just help them, God, to respect their husbands. God, that you would show them how to honor their husbands, God, and be grateful for who they are. Lord, so often we get upset with who they're not, uh, and we let who they're not become bigger than who they are. And so, Lord, would you help us to be grateful for them, and, and would you help, God, just the ladies to, uh, just to receive love? God, would you help them first and foremost to know that they're loved by you? God, that they would know their identity is found in you, God, and you care for them. And Father, just if it's anything today, I'm going to grab a hold of this one with faith for me. If there's anything in the past today, God, that's brought shame, that's brought guilt, that's brought wounds, that's brought hurts. Father, we pray today, God, that you would bring your healing power today. Bring your healing power. Father, we thank you. You said in your word, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we're asking today, God, for the, just the healing balm of Gilead to come and just, just heal us. So, Lord, so we can be in a position, as for the ladies, that they can be in a position, God, just to receive love, not only from you, but from their husbands. So, Father, today we bless, God, every marriage in this place. God, we bless them to fight right, but, Lord, we bless them to have fun and to enjoy life together and just to enjoy walking with you. God, you're the one that put them together. You didn't make a mistake. God, you called them to do great things. And, Lord, we just pray that every uh, thing that's mudding up the water, everything that's hindering the process, Lord, we pray that those things would be broken today, God, and that you would begin to do only what you can do. God, for the men in here, God, help us to be mature. God, help us to be mature and help us to uh, honor and love our wives and just uh, be tender with them. God, help us to care about their emotions and their feelings. God, give us your heart of compassion because, Lord, that does not come easy. God, would you help us for that, God? So, Lord, thank you for unity, God, in our marriages, unity in our homes. And, uh, God, we pray that our kids would be able to look one day and go, man, I want a marriage like mom and dad. God, help us for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.